Hey guys, I'm Taylor Kovar and welcome to The Millionaire Marriage. I am here with Jeremy Gilliam. Hey everybody. And today we're going to be talking about finances and more specifically merging finances. This is one that it comes up in every single one of our financial planning meetings. It's a big deal, right? It's a big, big deal, especially if you get married later in life or second or third marriages, like it has a lot of baggage. So Jeremy, do you guys have merged finances? I mean, we're going to talk about this. We're going to lay do, them a lot. Like you us, personally. Us per, yes, yeah, we're, we, going, we're, we, we're coming out the gate hot. We personally have merged finances. Yes. What's that mean? That, that means mean for you. That means we have one bank account, two debit cards. Okay. So we absolutely have merged and we have our, our entire marriage. I'm an advocate of merged bank of merged accounts. So yeah. let me ask you this question then. Mr. Kovar. Okay, so on to the next topic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ours are completely merged, right? So yeah. so we're big advocates as well. I've, I've read enough statistics over the years. Yeah. I've worked with enough couples. I mean, before I was, uh, well, we had higher stuff merged before I became a financial planner. Yeah. But it, it, to us, it just made sense, right? Yeah. So I'm a big believer, and I've said this a lot. Um, once you're married, you're on the same team. Yeah. Right? And so if you're on the same team, like you're wearing the same uniform. Which, by the way, I've, I've stolen that and used that in therapy. Have you, yeah. have you given me credit? I didn't give you any creds. Oh, that's I, I will for now on that. That's cool. Yeah, I heard it here first. Guys. It was mine. Jeremy, Jared, Jeremy uh, yeah. admitted it. Um, but yeah, so so no, we're merged as well, right? So yeah. all of our accounts have both of our names on it. They're all joint accounts. And so when when did y'all merge your finances, right? So we're going to take a little detour around on this, yeah, on this subject. I think we didn't merge our finances before we got married. We merged, I think, literally right after. We yeah. opened up a bank account. My wife closed hers. I closed mine, and we put everything. So you opened a brand new account. We opened a brand new account together. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that made sense because I was coming from Washington. She was in different town, East Texas. So we moved when we moved to Lufkin two weeks after we got married. We found a bank here. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good time to start, right? So yeah. um, usually we tell people, "Hey, wait till you actually are married, right?" Yeah. So if one person's changing their name, because yeah, like that, yeah, well, that and things could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. It makes sense. You don't have to go yeah. back to the bank or wherever to to get things changed, and so. Like I'm a big believer in, in merged accounts, right? Mm-hmm. One, um, it is it's about, about really about transparency, yeah. right, and trust. And so, um, I know my wife knows. Hey, like we are together. Like this is our money. Yeah. Right. And so when we first got married, she worked and made more money than I did. I was I was working part time and going to school. Um, and then when I graduated, I graduated in the market collapse of eight oh nine. She was still making more money than me. Right. And I just graduated <laughs> college. It was super depressing. But eventually, now she's a stay at home mom, and and yeah. I work exclusively. And so, like, it, it works well for us from the very beginning. You know, if my salary is twenty five thousand a year, one hundred fifty thousand a year, it's our salary, right? Right. It's um, our money. It's our money. Um, it's us. It's not you versus me. Um, and it's not well. This is my money. I'm going to go eat really well, and I guess we can swing right. through McDonald's dollar menu, right? Because we've seen that, right? Yeah. Um, and so, from a transparency and a trust perspective, I know you guys deal with this in man marriage, family, sure, every day. how do we kind of help with some of that when we know there's trust issues? Yeah. So, and here's kind of where my mind goes, because there are a lot of things that produce challenges with our trust. And so I think it's just like anything, having to get things out in the open. I think that's uh, the more I think about this, the more we've talked about some tough topics. I think that's almost half the battle initially, just getting things out in the open and laying everything out on the table. Okay. So 
you've been, and this kind of almost goes to, to some of the financial infidelity. Not, I mean, we're not going to recover that, but it kind of goes hand in hand because if there has been financial infidelity, then let's get everything out in the open. And like, kind of like what you like what you said. This is something I've I've, I've used in session because couples they bring this up and that it inevitably comes up when it comes to couples and money. Is my question is okay? You guys are talking about your money. Whose money is this? Whose money? Yeah, whose whose is money it? is this? Yeah. And I have yet, and I'm sure I'll run into it, but I have yet to have a couple go. Well, this is his money. I say nine times out of ten, they say this is our money. Yeah. So if it's the two of you's money, then who then gets a say in where that money goes? Should be both. Right. And that's where right. the answers change. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It should be both. I think this is why I am an advocate for shared accounts is because if you have a shared account, then both of you get an opportunity to say where that money is supposed to be going. And what it does is it creates this sense of camaraderie because you both are able to tell your money where it's going. And it's like all these topics kind of tie together in my mind. It's like you shouldn't have to go ask your spouse to spend money. Like, cause it should be things that you guys have already mutually agreed upon. And if they haven't been agreed upon, okay. Like, Hey, you know, I was thinking about buying this, you know, it's a little outside of like kind of our normal budget. What are your thoughts? Oh, you know what? Yeah. That sounds like a good deal to me. You know, it's not breaking our bank account. You know, we're not going to go in crazy debt over this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. I think that to me is one of the benefits of shared accounts is it helps with some of that trust because once trust is, is diverted, Right. Once it's off track and it's becomes becomes antisocial trust, it takes so much getting that track diverted back to where it's pro social trust. And so I think getting getting everything out there in the open so your spouse sees your transparency when trust is broken. Yeah, and and we see this, right? Like where I'm usually the biggest argument I, I hear against merging finances, right, is like we just think different about money. Right, like we would kill each other, right? <laughs> right? Like he spends too much money, or she spends too much money, or yeah. you know he don't want to spend any money, you know. And so Megan and I, right, we own another brand called the Money Couple, right, where we have other resources and we've you know, developed out this five money personalities yep. program. And so with it, like I think a lot of it is saying, hey, it's not so much that you know he's a saver and you're a spender, or vice versa. It's it's figuring out who you are and then learn how to communicate appropriately. Yeah, because if you can't communicate a appropriately about money yep. how are you going to do it with um your kids and your careers and uh-huh. how to deal with aging parents and when something else happens you know using that and i use it i say it's a cop-out right it's a cop-out right if you don't say hey well we're gonna have separate accounts okay so you don't want to face the hard right. conversations right um and and those can be hard but i think figuring out where each of you are and figuring out what those weaknesses are and how to work together as a team makes yes. you much much stronger in the long run um, you know, I, I use it on here a lot where I talk about, you know, diamonds are formed under pressure. And yeah, so like absolutely. I tell some of my, some of the clients of our firm, like they want to help out their kids or their grandkids because they're going through a hard time. And I say, look, I'm not telling you not to help them, but I am telling you every couple has to go through some hard times in order to grow together as a team. Yeah. Right. I mean, I remember when Megan and I were like really dirt poor and we were trying to figure out on our own and trying to pay our bills and trying to live and trying and and you know fortunately we did have some family we can lean on when like it really really got tough and we were never homeless right yeah. we never went really hungry but we didn't have people just saying like hey here you're, you're taking care of like we we yeah. did have to work through those issues um 
and so working through that is is a really huge part of of marriage in my yeah, opinion. Absolutely. And I, I do agree. It's like this whole idea like what like what's your motive behind having split accounts? Because if it is like you're saying, oh, I just don't trust my spouse with money. Well, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> like that's what we need to deal with. The yeah. fact that you don't trust your spouse. Now they may have given you a reason not to trust them. Then that needs to be worked on as well. But just avoiding couples do this with a lot of things. Just avoiding tough topics doesn't make the tough topic go away. No, if you sweep it under the rug, it's still there. Right. It's still I mean, there. it's like it. Like relational difficulties. It's like taxes, pay now or pay later, but one, one way you're going to pay. So like deal with this now, deal with this later, but one way or another, you're going to deal with this. Yeah. And so if your motive behind, if your motive behind separate accounts is because you don't trust your spouse, just don't continue the sentence. I don't trust my spouse with money. End it with, I just don't trust my, my spouse. spouse. Yeah. And then deal with that tough topic why don't you trust your spouse so that you guys can get on the same page? Because I know that's, we, we haven't really talked about like mine and my wife's money journey. Yeah. But like we were in like some crazy debt for the income that we brought in. Now for somebody that has a lot of money, our debt would have been nothing, but for the income we had coming in, it was, it was, it seemed like Mount Everest. And the only way we could have overcome that was getting on the same page and agreeing on what, where our money was going. And the easiest way to continue doing that is where you guys have your money coming into the same place. So you both are able to say, say where your money's going. But what I've run into in clinical work, it's an issue for people and they wait to bring it up until they come to therapy. Cause they don't want to talk about it because no. it's uncomfortable for them. It's like three tough things like sex, money, and kids like to agree upon. And so like what I've run into is, well, his direct deposit goes to his account. Her direct deposit goes to her account, and then they kind of meet in the middle and pay bills halfway. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's fascinating. I know roommates that do that. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how many like, committed couples I know that have a really great relationship. You would see this. I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are, because I know you would see more into people's financial world and just how happy they are relationally when one person is completely in the dark about the money and the other person is like, Oh, I make all these money, money decisions when that's such a huge aspect of our life. Yeah. We see, you know, and we, we see everything in between. Right. Yeah. So, so we have, we've worked with couples who, you know, one of the spouse had, didn't even know how much money they made on their job. Right. Didn't have access to the bank accounts. Didn't have access to page stubs Didn't have access, like couldn't tell you what their electricity bill was and not within at all. Right, no, cost something, but have no idea what you know their average expenses are a month. Wow, no idea. I mean, they have no access to anything. They just work, and then the other spouse takes care of all of it. Um, and we have some who are very much, hey, like our expenses every month are two thousand dollars a month. Right, I make one hundred fifty thousand. He makes forty thousand. Um, and we've seen where they prorate that. Right. Where it's like, okay, well, 2000, well, I make X percentage more. So I'm going to, you know, contribute this. We have others that I have seen literally where there have been really huge income disparities uh, or discrepancies where one spouse, you know, is making a ton of money, but they're contributing half. So if the bills are $2,000 a month, I'm paying a thousand. I don't care if you only make $1,100 a month. Well, you only have $100 left over a month. You should find a better job. Right. And the other one's living really well. And so we dealt with a young couple a few years ago was, very similar situation. I mean, like he didn't make a lot of money. She did make a lot of money. They split the bills down the middle um, into this joint account. And that was it. Well, 
you know, she was off buying luxury purses and going on girls trips and eating well every day and could afford all these beauty treatments and everything else. And he was literally just hanging out at home. Right, he was saving up to buy one video game, and she was dropping that weekly on her various memberships. Right, like, and I told him like, you, you, we have to get to the root of this, right? Or like, you're not going to make it. And they didn't make it, right? And they filed for divorce. And so, getting on those same pages is extremely important, right? That's that's one of the reasons, the really big reason that we got into the five money personalities and the yeah. money couple is because we were seeing so much um, with the couples we were dealing with on how they think about money. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to ask you, you know, for you guys, right? So we're going a little personal yeah. with you guys. Do y'all have big discrepancies on how y'all view money? Was that an issue going into y'all merging your finances? I don't think it was, but I mean, you're talking, we were dealing with such small numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, when we first got married, we were broke as smoke, man. Yeah, we had, smoke. we had, we had nothing. So I think that's one area that like personally, we've been blessed in that we have, a lot of similar views when it comes to money, like in terms of even like, like giving and spending, we had a lot of very similar, similar views. And I think the reason we got into a lot of debt is a lack of paying attention yeah. and a lack of knowledge of what to do. And so I think that that's an area we were very fortunate that we've always been like, well, we're in this together. So all of our money's together, what little it may be at the time. But when, when you were talking about though, that sounds like a servant slave relationship. Oh, hundred percent. Where it's like, how do you expect to have, how do you expect to have a thriving marriage when one of you, man or woman is holding the purse strings and going, uh, this is my money. That's your money. We're going to split things down the middle 50, 50. I'm going to live this amazing life. And you're going to scrounge up to save for a video game when I'm buying Louis Vuittons. Yeah. They never went on vacation together. Right, because one could afford it, one could Red flag, right? Red flag. Right. And, yeah. and it goes in, you're holding the purse strings, right? Literally in this sense. Yeah. But we, we've talked about it and seen it in how people deal with kids, sure. right? And how they deal with sex and yep. other you know major issues in their relationships. But financially, I mean, it's a huge, you know, most couples divorce over financial issues. Absolutely. Um, and it is, it's a tough, tough conversation. And we all yeah. bring differences into the marriage, yeah, right? And you and you and Erica, you know, had similar values and opinions, which is why they say, you know, great marriages start with great friendships. Sure. Right. A lot of times. But, you know, there's a lot of couples that come in to a relationship where they grew up with very different backgrounds. Yeah. Right. So like, for example, with us, uh, Megan's parents were entrepreneurs, small business owners, had multiple businesses. You know, they lived a lavish lifestyle, but, you know, had done well for themselves. Whereas my family was very blue collar. You know, I make a joke. They're all like, our first house was a barn, right? A converted (laughs) barn. Um, So we came in with very different thought process. Her parents always paid cash for things. Mine were financed everything out, you know, to the hilt. So, you know, they never would have dreamed of buying a car, right? With cash or anything else. And so we had a lot to work through in yeah. our own relationship of this is how we have to get to the same page. Yeah. And merging finances helped us that way. Yeah. Right. Because it, it, it forced the issue. It forced it. Yeah. It forced it of, hey, we only have X million dollars in the bank account. Where'd the money go? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, I really want to do this. Well, hey, like a heads up would have been really nice. Yeah. Um, and for us, we went through you know different periods where there for a while we, ate, we each got an allowance every week. Yeah. 
Right. Cash allowance, like, hey, this is your money for the week. Yeah, this is free mine. spending. Yeah. This is it, right? You do whatever you want to with it, yeah. but like it was the same amount and it was what we, we could afford. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't always fun, but it helped us. And, you know, as we progressed and our you know, finances got better, you know, we kind of have a policy now. We're like, hey, we don't spend anything over X amount of dollars yeah. without telling the other spouse, yeah. right? Like running it by them. But you have to have that communication, right? It forces yeah. the issue to merge them together. Yeah. And I think, I think finding kind of, I think finding what's working for your relationship. So like, like full transparency, we budget every month. So it's really funny. It's super hard for us to support. Like I'll sit down and have a conversation every month. Every month. Really? Yeah. Every single month. Wow. And a lot of times we'll have like, we'll have like tag ins like, Hey, what's happening with our money right now. But what happens is when you like, when you sit down and do that, like you both are making the decision then where your money's going. And so it's really funny. It's so difficult for one of us to surprise the other. Oh yeah. Because we are, we are having these conversations literally about, okay, how much are we spending on? This is where people might think this is crazy. How much are we spending on birthdays? How much are we spending on Christmas? Yeah. How much are we spending here? Because we want to win with our money. And the only way our money, we, yeah, our right. Money, yeah. We want to win with our money. And the only way we're going to win with our money is for us both to know this much is going to our savings. This much is going towards retirement. This much is going towards investing. This much is going and where we are both are going, this is what we are doing with our money. Yeah. And so we're doing this so we can win with our money so that when we get to the end of our life, it's not, we both still have to work, yeah. but we're making decisions together now. I think that's one of the hugest advantages to having shared accounts is you're having shared goals, you're having shared dreams, you're having shared visions, and that can only just increase your level of emotional connection which is going to help increase your relational connection in general where again it's not there's one person and what's challenging is I and I know you have you've seen this in yeah. the financial but I've seen this definitely in in family marriage family therapy is like where one person is saying I got to be kind of careful how how I say this where one person is saying they have to ask me and people are thinking well that's probably a man don't get this twisted. It goes both ways. It does. They have to ask me before they can spend any money. Yeah. Well, that sounds really unfortunate for your spouse because then you're not their mom or dad. Like that's your spouse. But you're putting but you're putting yourself in that position. That you're you're exactly you you are you are parentifying yourself and you're making your spouse a child when that type of behavior continues. And it affects every part of your marriage. Like every there part. Is like it, no it, question. It doesn't stop when you go in the bedroom. Like, like right. it is, yeah. which means right. usually a sexless marriage, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because, or, or a master servant relationship yeah. sexually. Yeah. Like I had, we dealt, we dealt with a couple um, one time who, you know, the husband joked, like if I go through Chick-fil-A, right, my wife will text me saying, you got a medium or a large drink with your meal. It's like, uh, that's not healthy. <laughs> right like right. like just we're on the same page that's that's not a healthy relationship yeah. right or hey when i go to the store right to buy something i'll do the cash back option and get out an extra 10 bucks right because i think that's a number that i can float that hey maybe something was you know a little more expensive and it's like okay so that that's not a healthy relationship yeah. and i don't know how you know if the tables are turned that person wouldn't like it right and so we, right. we use it with our kids all the time like Put yourself in the other person's shoes, yeah. right? Treat people the way you want to be treated. Let's practice um, empathy here. Yeah, let's let's practice this. But you know, you do have this really because money is such a big object. 
it does it it wraps people up in this controlling atmosphere yeah um and it's hard to have those conversations yeah and so i think to not try to say what i think is the best option what i think is not but you do have to find something that works yeah. but but that works for both people yeah there's not a one size fits all right and i think that's like obviously like both of uh, both of our families have merged accounts someone's going to go well but you don't know my situation you're definitely, right i, I don't know i don't know your yeah. situation but i'd know some basic principles that okay i may not know your situation but how do, how can we ensure that there's openness honesty transparency no hidden agendas no hidden secrets no financial fidelity which yeah. i want to put a plug in for for the money couple as well they got a great test thank you take it and uh, they have some great resources to, that you guys can be provided so put a plug in for that, but there's not one size fits all, but as long as these principles are still being covered, right? Where maybe we do have separate accounts, but there's complete transparency, complete transparency, right? Okay. Yep. You have access to my bank account. We are still agreeing on where our money's going. Just, so just because I make 150 grand a year and you make 25 grand a year, that means together we're making 175 a year. Yeah. So this isn't my money, your money, maybe you have two separate accounts and you each have a debit card to the other account. So it's not running into this. Well, I have to go ask my spouse for money. money yeah. Like this isn't your mom or your dad. This is your wife or your husband. Yeah. You got to communicate. Right. What I have seen, it was interesting. What I have seen some couples do, and I'm not suggesting this, I'm just saying I've seen yeah. other alternatives that could work was they each had a separate account and they had a shared account. All of their money went to the shared account. They paid all their bills for it and they put their like guilt-free spending into their own separate accounts. Yep. So they didn't ever take a, a risk of overdrafting or spending more money than they should have. Yeah. I've seen that done. My only challenge with that, and this kind of goes to like the behavioral aspect for like, like the therapist side is, okay, then we need to work out the behavioral challenges where you, you can't stop spending Yeah, <laughs> where you have to have these two separate accounts because you guys can't be trusted together to not blow all your money. Yeah. So I, you know, again, there's not a one size that fits all, but as long as some of these principles of openness, honesty, transparency, complete transparency yeah. is there. And so we're not running into a financial infidelity situation where you're like hiding money or yeah, I think I could float 10 bucks. So let me go ahead yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a little bit more than I thought it was. Or, yeah. you know, I picked up this on the side. Then not only are you like having to hide money, you're also having to lie about hiding money. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. we've seen a lot. Um, and like, you know, we deal or we're in, you know, a culture now where second, third, fourth marriages are really yeah. common, right? And right. so, you know, you're bringing this baggage and, hey, well, like I came from a relationship where he was very controlling and I have to have some kind yeah. of freedom or, and, you know, and like, I understand this is not a one size fits yeah. all, but we want to make sure we're all working toward the same goals. Right. Right. And so even um, if this is a, you know, multiple or, you know, second, third marriage type situation, having that joint account keeps everybody accountable and, and on a goal, right? So just because your last team wasn't that great, right? Like, I, right. like <laughs> right. how, how, do you want this team to be successful? Yeah. Right. Right. And, and so that's what, you know, I, we know a lot of people who are, you know, on their second and third marriage and say, hey, so you saw the red flags now of what happened in those marriages. Yeah. Or like, let's correct them in this time, right? Or yeah. is this a practice for another one? Yeah. Right. And so having those, you know, second account or, you know, secondary accounts where money's going in one account and each have your own, what works best, what we've seen is as long as each account is getting the exact same amount. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's not, you know, well, I'm getting a thousand yeah. and you're getting 50 bucks. So like, 
you know. I want to throw this out there. In. So the, here, here's the, I'm just thinking about like, because you talked about people being on there, like their second or third marriage, like especially when you start dealing with large numbers. And I'm just going to throw out the issue. And I'm curious your thoughts, prenuptial agreements. I understand the benefit of them, mm-hmm. right? I, I think in the general public, right, we take it as, okay, we sign these prenups and like, this is it, everything's fine. Like for most prenups, and this is actually one of the points I was going to make, right? When you're getting married, it, one of the things I actually tell newlyweds to do is sit down and make a balance sheet for each person, right? Which is what you would do in a prenup situation, mm-hmm. right? You figure out what am I bringing to the marriage as far as finances go. Yeah. And in a prenup, they do the same thing. And that way we know in the relationship, where we're starting at, what's our starting point. And then we can, from that point forward, know, hey, what we're doing, right? So whether one spouse is coming in with really bad credit, one's coming in with really good credit, right? So credit's a whole nother thing that goes into this. How are we working together on this? So, you know, I'm not a huge fan of prenups. You said you're not, or you I'm not, Yeah, but I I do understand from a wealth generation, a wealth transfer. And and really most all this is once you're married, anything that's created during the life of the marriage Right. It's going to be split 50 50. It's really yeah. what you had pre, yeah, pre coming into the marriage. Right. So, right. But, so here's the thing about, and I, I chuckle, right? Because no one in my family has ever been wealthy enough to need a, pre, to yeah. need a prenup. But this idea that, and that this is maybe a little off topic. So I apologize. Yeah. But am I giving myself an out at the beginning with, a, pre, with a prenup? I think for the very vast majority of the population, it shouldn't have a prenup. Yeah. Right. So I think when you're dealing with the literal one percenters of the world. Yeah. Right. L- like, l- literally people. Literally. Are right. So, right. so in America, I think, you know, one of the reports I read this week said, if you have a net worth of $11 million or more, you're in the top 1% in America, yeah. right. Or something. And I'm not saying that's hundred percent correct. That was yeah. you know, some random article, but if you're dealing with, really large numbers, right? You're dealing with 10, 11, 12, 13 figures. Yeah. There's a lot that goes in there that a prenup does give, I'm not even safety. It's just from a tax standpoint, honestly, okay. um, that, we, that we get into. Yeah. So I think if you're a normal average American <laughs> making, you know, less than several hundred thousand a year, right? right? Both of you combined, there's no need for a prenup, right? Yeah. I, I think you're, you're giving yourself an out, yeah. right? I think you're not giving your all to right. the relationship because you're still keeping score. And so, yeah, I, for the very, very vast majority of relationships, yeah. I don't think prenups are a great idea. I do. I do like what you said though. It's like the purpose behind a prenup is to, okay, what am I bringing to the table? Yep. I think couples, whether they're doing it for a prenup, I think it's what you were, what you said was they should be doing that regardless. Here's, here's, here's how much I debt I have. Yeah. Here's how much debt I don't have here. Here's how much money is in my bank account right now. Here's how much my car is worth. Here's how much I have in this, that, and the other. And that way I think that type of transparency, but I've, I've, I've worked with couples that they had no idea. No. They had no clue how much money their spouse made. They didn't know how much debt they have. They didn't know if they had student loans or not, but like, they're signing their name to well, it. Right. Because, how, how are you yeah. guys not communicating about this? Yep. And so I like the, let, yeah, let's get a spreadsheet out. Okay. Well, here's everything that I'm bringing to this good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. Here's what I'm bringing to this relationship. And I think this, this is the idea behind, oh, behind shared accounts. Yeah. It's, I am showing you, this is everything I have and I don't have. Yep. What are we going to do with this? You know, I think most couples don't go through pre-marriage counseling, right? And if they do, yeah. it, you know, I've heard everything from, oh, I got, you know, somebody gave me 10 DVDs I yeah. had to sit and watch right. to like, they were all in my business for three months right. and I had to be there, you know, like 
to, yeah, I had coffee with a guy, right? Like, right. <laughs> right. And so like when we do it, right, this is a really big part of it. Finances yeah. is big. Absolutely. And so getting on that same page going into it helps you. 100%. Um, and we deal with now, so so a big part of our business is we do a lot of people that are in part of the FIRE movement, right? So you, you remember FIRE? Huh. So FIRE is an acronym, like F-I-R-E, so Financially Independent Retired Early. And so meaning like most, like, like they want to be financially independent. So yeah. no matter how much income you make, right, you want to be able to say, I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to get another job yeah. or I want to be at home or I want to do charity, yeah. right? And basically retire early. And so a lot of these people want to you know, be financially independent in their thirties or forties. You know, we, we get these different goals or different couples who say, Hey, like, well, you know, she's only making this much and I'm making more this much. So I'm going to retire in next year. And then she's going to retire 22 years from now. Right. Like it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Right. So like for me, like I'm when, when I am on the same team and we win the world series, like I want to win it together. Right. Right. Like we're both getting the benefits of this. Right. So we're both getting the benefits. And so, um, really working together and getting on the same page with those goals is really a big part of, of merging, right. Your finances. There's, there's hundred percent clear transparency because you're both in there. It forces you to have some of the hard conversations and it, it does reduce a lot of those I say spats, right, or insecurities. Yeah. Because if you have another account, right? So, like, I don't know what I would do if I found out, like, Megan had another account with 10 grand in it, right? Or even a thousand. I don't, yeah. like, part of me would be like, wow, that's awesome, dude. Let's go buy something, right? <laughs> and that's probably why she maybe have it. Um, but in reality, like, what else are you hiding from me? Right. Right. Like, yeah. that, that's that would be the fear. Like, why do you feel like, do I make you feel like, you're not worthy or that you do need yeah. some mad money to be able to run away. Like, Oh yeah. Cause that's, a, that's if, if I'm making you feel that way, we need to talk about it. And yeah. I want to change. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, a, I think that that's a red flag is cause what I've seen with couples is tell me about your finances. Cause I go, th- I'll go through this whole couple's assessment when I first start working with them, we had shared accounts, but my, my wife or my husband, yep. they got this other account. And they started putting, okay, right. So it's red flag. Something's wrong because they're giving themselves, they're giving themselves an out or giving themselves some security because things aren't going so well in the marriage. And so I'm going to just time out and say, if that's kind of where you guys are finding yourself, where you just found out one of my spouse opened up the second account and they're starting to, you know, to sock away money in there, it might be time to go talk with somebody because usually not a good sign. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you need to get to the root of the problem. Right. And so, you know, we I think I could go on forever talking yeah. about finances. It's what I do for a living, right? right? So, right. But we'll be talking a lot more about finances. This is a question we get a lot about merging finances yep. and when to do it and how to do it. And and there's a million different ways. You got to find something that works best for you yep. and your, your spouse. Big things are, you know, those check-ins on a monthly basis. Yep. Now, I love that. That's a great idea. Yep. Having that clear, open communication and being on the same page about goals. Yeah. Right. So, and, and goals change. So, when Megan sure. and I first got married, we had this set of goals. And, you know, now that we've had kids and other things, like, well, okay, well, you know, actually, we probably don't want to travel exclusively. Like, we do yeah. like having a home base, right? right. Or, you know, we, we don't want to retire at 80 when we retire at 60 or whatever right. that is. And so, you know, having those clear communication and, and conversations around your goals and, and your financial um, situation is super important. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for today. You got anything else, Jeremy? Nope, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. See you next time.